a Victory Monday show with Cooley coming up here in a moment. But if you guys are hungry at night and you're wondering what to do during this pandemic, use DoorDash. It's perfect right now. We've been using DoorDash all the time during this pandemic. I mean, somebody in, in the house might want some Chinese. Somebody might want pizza. Somebody might want a burger. And DoorDash gives you it all. It's the app that brings you food you're craving for right now, right to your door. Ordering's easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat. And your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off. With over 300,000 partners throughout the U.S., you can support your local go-to restaurants or choose from national restaurants like Chipotle or Wendy's or the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local restaurants are open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter my code, KevinDC. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code KevinDC. Don't forget, that's code KevinDC for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. You don't want it, you don't need it, but you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Yeah, new open uh, to the show. Um, we're going to have some changes to the podcast. Uh, you know, we, we don't we don't make changes quickly around here, Christopher Cooley, who is on the other end of the line, and we'll get him a better sounding you know, set up as well as we move forward. He's by phone today from Wyoming uh, on this Victory Monday. How about that win yesterday? <laughs> that was impressive. Um, but we're here on Monday, and uh, we're going to be together uh, much more often on the podcast, uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, moving forward. Um, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I, I like that new open. I like that music. Yeah, that, that's uh, actually, um, I'm glad you said that. That's very nice of you to say. That's, uh, that's my son's band. Um, I use some of his music because you know what I don't have to do? I don't have to pay for that. So that's perfect to use a little bit of his music um, to get us into the show. And I don't have to, uh, to pay any copyrights or, any, uh, or get any permission for it. Because I basically said I'm going to use one of your songs and I'm going to use it as the, sort of the under to the new open. And he said, fine. So there you go. Uh, it makes it uh, a lot cleaner. Um, for those that don't know, when you use music in radio or in the podcast world, you know you have to pay licensing fees if it's real music. If it, music if it's trademarked music. So um, I'd prefer not to pay those fees. It's it's always better to get stuff for free. Uh, what about that defense to start? We're going to go through our game take um, here in a moment. But And by the way, I promise you that Cooley will be in a better setup sound-wise here shortly. We're working on that. And I also promise to all of you, we're not going to put a lot of production into the show um, anymore because uh, the under-running music under certain segments, I get it. You know, It's totally unnecessary. We don't need it. Um, what I will be having more of, and this is good news for us, 
is more ad reads that we're now into football season. But uh, you know, stick through, uh, stick with them, and spend some money on our on our advertisers. That helps as well. But overall, Cooley, let me just tell you th- this one thing: I was hoping to see signs that the defense was going to be much better because I thought it should be. Um, and would be with a better coaching staff and with the addition of Chase Young. And by far and away, I think we saw something that is sustainable defensively. Even though Philadelphia was a wounded team, uh, that was, for me, the big takeaway and the reason to be excited about the next game and the next game after that this year. What was your big takeaway? Oh, it was absolutely the defense. I think at some point after 17-0, well, after 17-0, there were six possessions that Washington started in Philadelphia territory. Six. Right. Good point. That's unheard of. I don't remember a game in a long time where you started that many possessions on the other side of the field. And for an offense that was struggling quite a bit, it's so huge. So to get those picks and to get the pressure and to force the – it was it was awesome, Kev. It was absolutely awesome. Um, they were fast on defense, and it, it's funny. You and I had this conversation on Friday. What's more important? Is it the pass rush or is it the secondary? And I think I told you, you it really does have to marry, and they have to marry coverages, blitzes, and I thought Del Rio or Rivera did a really good job with multiple coverages and multiple blitzes and a lot of different presentations on defense to keep Carson Wentz completely off balance. And he was, he looked like an absolute doofus out there after they were up 17-0. Yeah. The team speed Cooley to me was so obvious in multiple spots, but I think just the aggressive posture um, in terms of their scheme. I, I, I'll get to this when we get to our, our, our back and forth and our game take. Um, but the thing that I was really blown away by is even when they got burned early, being aggressive, they stayed after it. And I felt like, and I don't know that I heard Rivera say this, that even though they were down 17 nothing, they had three to four sacks already, and they were pressuring Wentz. And I think they wore Wentz down. I think that pick at the end of the first half is a terrible throw and in some ways a tired throw. I know that seems crazy to think that maybe there was the beginning of a comeback because the defense was starting to wear Wentz down even though they were down 17 nothing. but I felt that way. Did you? I don't know. No, I, I have gotten a couple calls from former employees up to that point. And basically, everybody said, these guys look terrible. Um, I didn't feel that way. I thought at 17-0, they were in big trouble. I actually thought it was a mistake to try to force the ball down the field in that situation. And afterwards, Peterson said we wanted to continue to put pressure on Washington. And I just personally thought at that point, with I think a minute 44 left in the first half when went through the pick, yeah. you didn't have to do anything else getting out of that half. You were in pretty good shape. Your defense was shutting down the Washington offense. You were moving the ball at will and getting the big plays that you expected to get. And they probably would have continued to come up. But that said, you also think about the momentum of the game and your quarterback who you believe in and you're not too worried about throwing a comeback into quarters coverage. But, man, that, that changed it. That, that was like um, I labeled it 
AF after Fabian. Yeah. <laughs> because that game was all after Fabian. Everything for Washington happened after the pick. And it, it just, uh, it, it, it was momentum. It, it really was. And there were some crazy things that happened after that that we'll get into, I'm sure. But, man, that was so big. All right, I'll let you go first with the the things that you wanted to talk about uh, specific to the game, and then I'll go uh, after you. Um, so get started. We, we will definitely talk about some of the things that happened around the league uh, yesterday as well. Uh, but after their first home opening win since 2014 and their biggest comeback win since the Code Red Tampa Bay game, uh, this show is today on this Monday going to be 95% Washington football team victory over Philadelphia. Go ahead, Cooley. Well, I think one in an unbelievable fashion – the Washington, I struggle every time I say that. Washington was down the Redskins last year, which is who they were last year. We're down or we're up 17 0. So it's funny that this game kind of flip flopped and it was a role reversal. But there were some critical moments in that game, Kevin. I mean, up until 17 0, Dwayne Haskins was 3 of 13. Yeah. It was really ugly. And it wasn't totally pressure, he was just off. And I don't know if he really got on throughout the game, but Moreau makes that interception, and he goes four for four on a drive, which he, he caps off with a touchdown to Logan Thomas. They were all quick game passes. Right. It was a slant to Terry McLaurin. It was a slant to Inman. Uh, it was just boom, 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 quick game. It was a quick out, and then the quick corner out. It was all plant and throw. To me, that's like, get, the, get your guy going like that early in a game. And I know guys always have these plays and everything that they want to come up with, but I just love getting your guy going. And I thought that would get Dwayne going more than it actually did. Uh, as it started the second half, it wasn't huge. But I liked that they made points off of a big-time turnover in a situation where the game was going to be over, essentially, if they didn't. Yeah, I mean, so I, I – um. I thought that Dwayne was off early in part because, first of all, why don't, you know, we should be expecting him to be off a little bit. They haven't had preseason games. They, this is a new system. But I thought he was under duress a lot. I, I thought that there was, you know, Wes Martin getting thrown into the backfield. I thought there was some immediate pressure and that that was as much a factor for his early um, troubles. Um uh, as you know, uh, as anything else, I mean, he he was rusty, and there was nothing there that looked good and, and promising. But I thought a lot of it was pass pro, which you know I'll get to my list of things that I liked and didn't like. Um, but I, I thought a lot of that was was pass pro early. Yeah, I think some of it might have been, and I, I was thinking about the West Martin where Malik Jackson shoved him in the backfield. What, what was funny is. J.D. McKissick had a big-time chip on the edge, and it bumped his guy right into the back of Malik Jackson, and that really made it hard on West Martin. But I just, I thought especially early, he really didn't climb the pocket as much as he potentially could have. I thought a big part of some of his misses was that he wasn't really driving off his back foot. There were a lot of front foot weight throws, and I thought that, he rushed them maybe a half a second. Now, I'm with you. There was some absolute pressure. But 
to me, I, I thought that he could have climbed up a little bit better and making a, made a couple more throws. But at the same time, it's the first game of the season, and it's on the biggest stage right there against the Eagles, and you got to get your guy comfortable. And I thought they did that as as they went forward. I, I wasn't impressed. I, I literally went through and watched all of it on film this morning. I, I don't think in any way was I overly impressed with Dwayne. But at the same time, other than a couple of plays, he, he protected the ball. All right, let, let's stick with him because I, I'm going to go through the things that I liked and didn't like, and you've got some things as well, but we, somehow we've gotten into him here early, even though the story of the game was the defense. Let me, let me just tell you what I thought, and you tell me where I'm wrong or right. First of all, we've already dis- described the fact that he didn't look good very early. Again, I think a lot of that was he was under pressure, under pressure immediately. But he looked you know, off, he looked rusty, started 3 for 12 for 32 yards or 3 for 13, whatever it was. The, the first six drives of the game offensively were five punts and a missed field goal. You know, the missed field goal is not his fault. But the other drives of the five drives um, that they punted on, three of them were three and outs. So, you know, it wasn't good. Um, I, he had that nice scramble, which was the biggest play of the game that led to that field goal miss, and he sort of tripped himself, but it was clearly against man coverage because the DBs were turned, and he ends up with a 19-20 yard run. Um, and then the Moreau interception happens, and then, like you said, he got into a rhythm. McLaurin for 21, Inman for 11, um, and all of a sudden, you know, he's in some confidence, and, and on that touchdown throw to Logan Thomas, it was perfect. But a couple of just bigger overall thoughts. This is what I liked about him last year, Cooley. He's a gamer. He doesn't get rattled. He doesn't seem to get worried. He keeps coming back. You know, he nearly threw a pick or two. There was one right before the missed field goal that Maddox nearly picked off that comes to mind. Um, I love the way he competes, and I love his quick release. And I think... It's something that I talked about a a little bit last year. I know his footwork isn't perfect, and you can speak to that in more detail, but he's got a very quick release. And when he quick releases it more than, you know, sort of on a slower developing thing, even if the footwork's not right, I think sometimes the accuracy's better. The quick release throw to Logan Thomas for the touchdown, which is a beautifully designed play, um, he's wide open where the one defender's got McKissick in the flat or, uh, flat or Thomas. He goes with McKissick. Thomas is wide open. He recognizes it, flicks it. I mean, just flicks it. He had a, a, a throw to Sims Jr. in the third quarter down to the two-yard line under pressure. Super quick release. He had the third and eight versus the blitz to Inman on the slant on the drive that gave him the lead. Um, in the fourth quarter, super quick release. I loved that about him. I also like, you know, his ability to manage the game. No timeouts because of of play clock. No delay of games. Right. Um, you know, they go hurry up, and he seemed to be in total control on that stuff. Um, you can tell me if I'm right. I, I think he recognized and saw a lot of zone coverage at times and was very decisive on that stuff. Um, obviously, he was in the shotgun a lot. They 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 worked in some zone read keeper, zone read option pitch. He didn't look great on that stuff, but he didn't look terrible on that stuff. 
Um, I, I thought overall, you know, if somebody, and we know a lot of these people that live and die with box scores, if somebody looked at 17 to 31, 178, one touchdown, got sacked three times, inaccurate on some throws, they'd say, eh, he was all right. I thought it was a winning performance from the quarterback after a rusty, shaky, under pressure start, netting it out. I thought Dwayne Haskins was a part of that, of of a big contributor to them winning that game. I, I can't disagree, and that's the really interesting thing about Dwayne is he seems to come up and make big plays in big moments. Did you say you disagree or don't disagree? I said I cannot. I cannot disagree okay. with you. All right. That he he isn't the contributing factor on offense to why they they won that football game, you know. I, he he does come up with these big plays and big moments, and he does come up with consistent three or four throws that he puts together in critical moments. I, I mean, we went through that first touchdown drive where he goes four for four after the Moreland interception. You're talking about reading zone coverages, but quick release. He, he hit Sims down to the two yard line. Right. That's a bad throw. I mean, that's not the route. <laughs> if he throws Logan Thomas or Inman on the outside, both of them are walking touchdowns. Oh, they are. Sims is the only player that's actually covered. But because of that quick release and strong arm, when he really steps into a throw, he's got an ability to fit balls into tight places. So you're looking at it and you're going, well, you throw Logan Thomas or you throw the other guy on the outside all running vertical routes, and not either of them are, are walking in. But at the same time, what are you going to say? It's a, it's a completion. You get down to the one-yard line, and so you're converting off turnovers, which w- was huge by Dwayne. And, you know, it, the tempo was good throughout the day offensively. There were almost no penalties on offense, which was awesome. On, were there any penalties? On offense, I don't think there was a false start. I don't think there, there was a, a hold. hold. The penalties early on the on defense, they they were all in the defense. Neutral zone infractions, two 15-yard penalties. Yeah, I, I, there was an illegal touching on special teams. I don't – yeah, I don't know, Cooley. You might be right. I mean, and the other thing with Dwayne is he still seems to just get away with things more times than, than others. I mean, you, you talked about some of the option stuff. He had a pitch to McKissick that he should have never pitched. That McKissick bobbled. Yeah, and and he ended up getting away with it. He had a throw to Logan Thomas on a third down where he just rushed it on a crosser that was undercut and really easily could have been picked in that situation. Like it was third and two, I think. Just just run. That was man coverage. Just take just take off. Um, he had a critical sack fumble that Jerron Christian gave up, where I thought the ball could have been out and. Christian ends up falling on it and recovering it. And by the way, the next Redskins offensive play was run from the Philadelphia 20-yard line after the Moreland pick. Right. So you're looking at three or four of these situations and you're saying, geez, I mean, if he doesn't get away with these, these are disasters. But he did. He did get away with them. And it seems like more times than not, he does get away with a lot of these things. Do you agree with me on his release that it is very quick? Oh, yeah, I, 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 and he's got a lot of power behind everything. I, I mean, almost to a fault. I think that the, it's like it's so quick, sometimes he has a little bit of trouble putting touch on some balls that I think he could put more touch on. Right. 
like some of the but flat it's, it's some of the flat throws. It's quick release. It's a bit of a flick, and they were caught, but they're not. They didn't look like great touch throws. Yeah, they're hard. You got to really ensure the catch in those situations. Right. And so instead of really running, by the way, Wentz missed a bunch of those throws too. I thought Wentz was terrible on a lot of short and underneath throws. So, uh, look, I it, in no way is it perfect. When when you grade it all out, it's not going to look great either but at the same time they scored points when they had to score points they made big plays when they had to make big plays i I mean this is a little thing but you're up i think 24 17 you get the ball back at midfield all you got to do is kick a field goal and you're essentially up 10 and it's a boot to sims and it's great play action fake he's out puts it perfectly on sims and in a critical moment they make a huge play that essentially seals the game how about before that at 17-17 in the fourth quarter, the third and eight to Thomas, which may not have been a great throw, great catch, and a great get up and, and leap for the first down by Logan Thomas. But then he's got third and eight versus the blitz and throws a perfect ball to Inman for the first down. To Inman. No, those were, those were big. And I thought the ball to Thomas, I thought Thomas was short on the route. I, I don't think he was short. I know he was short. It was third and eight, and that's an eight-yard route. That concept, everyone runs. Great job by Thomas, though, getting the first down. I mean, great job, but it's hard when the quarterback's throwing a route 100 times. Now, all of a sudden, the guy's breaking it off at five and a half yards instead of eight yards to put it exactly where he needs to put it. So, some of it has to do with the receivers at times. So, yeah, he missed some throws. He's been missing throws. That's a thing that he's got to continue to work on. But at the same time, he made some big time throws, Kev. And I thought they were going to have to be a little bit better in third-down situations. I think that was one of my keys to the game, or the, the Redskins win if, if they're 50%. Right. But on critical drives, when they scored, they converted third down. Right. That's, that, those, they didn't have a lot of big plays. Yeah. When they scored, they, they got third-down conversions, and that was what they had to do. They were three for four in the red zone, too. I mean... This is a team that struggled in the red zone, in, you know, in recent years, and they got three touchdowns in the red zone when they got there. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, we'll, we'll go to the defense next. I thought Dwayne, um, you know, to me, it was a winning performance. He didn't turn the ball over. You're right; he may have gotten away with a couple. Certainly, the one to Maddox. Um, was 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 big that the, that Maddox would drop that, but you know every quarterback that you watch gets away with one or two during the course of a game. Um, I just there's something about him, Cooley too, in watching him, and I felt this way. You know, I did about him last year. That even when things aren't going well, I don't know that he ever loses belief in himself. Like I don't ever see a guy that loses confidence, and. Nope. and I, you agree? Never. I agree. I, I don't think he knows how to lose confidence. <laughs> That's a good – that is a good – look, sometimes that can be a bad thing, but I think under the, the pressure of, of being a quarterback in the NFL – you you can't get rattled. You can't lose confidence because of a couple of bad series. I mean, he's over there talking to his offensive lineman. He's trying to fire up the defensive line. And then he makes the, the halftime uh, speech because Rivera's getting an IV. 
Uh, You'll bring him up speech, man. I love it. Now is he going to have to do that every week? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have to do that every week. Um, off- um, before you get to the defense, the other things I liked from the offense, yeah, I, I, I actually thought that Scott Turner did a really good job in this game. I thought they had good balance on play calls in, in first and second down situations. I thought they had some opportunities created. I loved some of the two-back sets that they had with some of the backfield action and, and what they can build off of that. It was Gibson and McKissick or Barber in there. There was some good run versatility that, to me, tied together and looked a lot like zone, but there were some quick traps. They had one where I thought they got Gibson to the edge where you down-blocked the tight end and you pulled your center, guard, and tackle. It was almost like a Lombardi sweep yeah. for Green Bay Packers that they got big-time yards on. I loved that. Some of the RPO stuff they mixed in that I, I don't think was executed perfectly, but you can build on and you can see throughout, uh, I, I think could be really big. I thought throughout mixing screens into the game plan were effective. You mentioned getting it in the red zone, and I wrote this down. I love shotgun runs, gun runs on the goal line. Let's do what we normally do. Let's not try to get into a goal line situation, especially against the Eagles defense where they're going to put six or seven guys on the line of scrimmage. Let's get them in gun situations, and let's go ahead and, and run the ball, and, and no penalties. I mean, it's not all amazing, but there was some good stuff. I thought Antonio Gibson actually has a burst. That was something that I really liked. I think there's going to be a ton of, ton of ways to use that guy. And, and although he only had two receptions, I think he can be really effective in the passing game as well. Um there's some stuff there, Kev. They got some stuff there. They'll have to stay healthy on offense because I don't know how much depth they have, but they do. And, and Dwayne continues to build. Yeah, I, I'll uh, when I get to to some of the things from the game that I had some concern over. One of them is going to be the offensive line, which we'll get to then. Um, I thought Logan Thomas looked really athletic. I'm sure you're going to tell me he's not a very good blocker, um, but I think you no, know, I no. He's a pretty good job. He's physical. Okay, good. Um, because he definitely has, you know, that quarterback um, athleticism, hands, uh, and he's going to be. He's. I think he's going to become a favorite for 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 Dwayne. Um, and I, I like I like Sims Junior. Also, I, I like. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Um, I really think that he has a chance to be a, a difference maker in some of these games. And, you know, with all the, the the sweep action, the motion action, God, there was a lot of it. There was a lot of two-back sets with, with Gibson and McKissick. You know, I can see Sims getting the ball in a lot of these games on some of that motion and some of that fly sweep stuff. Right, I mean, he didn't. He didn't have one. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have one carry in the game yesterday. But I could see a game where he's got two or three rushes minimum. Yeah, I, I, I think you got to get Sims six plus touches in every game, yeah. one way or another. At least six plus. You know who else I thought played pretty well? I was surprised. I thought Jerron Jerron Christian did a did a really nice job. Money well, made up the one sack, and he recovered the fumble on that play. Well, if you you get beat around the edge real quick, you should see the ball come out. <laughs> and he did, and he did. <laughs> he All barely right. got it, but well, I thought he actually played. I was 
really surprised by how well he played in that game. All right, we'll continue uh, with our game take right after I tell you about Ernest. Interest rates have hit record lows. Many of you know that. We were talking about that the other day when we were talking um, on our real estate podcast that we did on Friday, Um, which means it's a great time to refinance your student loans if you have them or if you're a parent with a kid with a student loan, get them to refinance it and see if you can lower that monthly payment. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple of years, Odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with Earnest. Even if you've refinanced before, with today's low-rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again. Check your new rate, and checking it is fast and easy. To start, complete a few questions online. It only takes two minutes. Then you'll get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. If you want to change your monthly payment, combine many loans into one easy payment or get a better rate. Ernest makes it easy. Plus, there's no origination fee or any other fees. Plus, the internet loves Ernest's customer service. They're rated a 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. And now you can get a $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with Ernest.com slash Sheehan. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at Ernest, E-A-R-N-E-S-T dot com slash Sheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N. It's not available in all states. Visit Ernest.com slash Sheehan for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Ernest Student Loan Refinance Loans are made by Ernest Operations LLC NMLS number 1204917, California Financing Law License number 6054788, 303 Second Street Suite 401 North, San Francisco, California 94107. Visit Ernest.com slash licenses for a full list of licensed states. All right, let's get to what was um, the star of the game, the defense, and one player in particular. Um, first of all, again, uh, I mean, to, to allow them to build a 17-0 lead, you said you didn't necessarily see it. I just had this sense. I didn't see it, by the way. I didn't see that they were going to turn it around and come back and win the game. I just felt like even in the midst of being burned a couple of times, including on a third and 22, um, I thought penalties hurt them. You know, there were the two 15-yarders, including the stupid penalty by Landon Collins, where basically he extended his arms and pushed the guy when they were already six, seven yards out of bounds. Um, there were a couple of neutral zone infractions, but I felt like they were hitting Wentz and getting to him. Like even down 17, nothing Cooley, they had already sacked him three times. But after the Moreau interception, the or counting the Moreau interception, the Eagles offensively the rest of the way, zero points, 93 total yards in 10 drives, one for eight on third down, five sacks, three turnovers, and nine negative yardage plays. Five of them were sacks, but nine negative yardage plays over their next 10 drives. I thought Wentz looked worn out. The Moreau interceptions, the biggest play of the game, obviously it gave them a glimmer of hope when there had been none before it. Um, they didn't play any soft coverage, it didn't seem like to me, Cooley, which has been a staple for them over the last few years. And Chase Young 
was spectacular. Now, that you do have to acknowledge, if you're trying to be as objective as you can, you can be excited about the defensive performance, but the Eagle team was wounded severely. No Lane Johnson, already a mismatch of an offensive line through training camp, and they're in two of their best offensive weapons, maybe their best offensive weapon, and Miles Sanders out, Alshon Jeffrey the other. But you know what? You don't, you don't apologize for that. You don't just knock down the performance to say, oh, well, they were playing a team that was wounded. Lots of teams are wounded in this league, and lots of teams you know, in the past weren't taken advantage of when they had the opportunity. I thought Chase Young in particular was a wow in his debut. He was unbelievable. Uh, after 17-0, after AF, after Fabian, they also had two four-down stops as well. Yeah, right. So one, we'll one, we'll one, talk one about one dropped. of them because I thought it was a stupid call by Peterson, but go ahead. Yeah, well, of course it was. But the entire defensive line is is a wow factor. It, it just it was. And Philly's offensive line was terrible because uh, there were blitzes where I think two in particular where Bostic was completely unblocked. Yeah. One where he missed a sack and another where he had a sack. And, you know, they were discombobulated uh, on the offensive line. But at the same time, it, when you watch Chase Young, that first sack that he had, it was like a Dwight Freeney like spin move on Jason Peters. Right. That was lightning quick. And then the ability to go and get the ball and tap the ball out. I mean, jeez. It was constant pressures from from Chase Young. You gotta think of another one where he really forced an interception and Matt Ionitis went outside on a, a pure speed rush around the edge. Right. That I think Kevin Pierre Lewis picked and would have taken back to like the five yard line, which was another huge one. He was splitting double teams in the run game, making tackles in the backfield. He was all over the place. And the thing for me is you want to see the speed from a, a rookie be what the speed was or what you expect it to be from his college, from the, the transition point. And he was faster than anybody else on the field with his burst into the backfield. He was so good. He, he's in, I mean, to me, the way he played, he's an immediate pro bowler as a rookie. <laughs> if he plays like that, that's, I mean, he's not just a, a, a very good player on your team, and, and, which is what you'd want out of a, a first-round pick. He's one of the better players in the NFL if he plays like that. He, granted, you know, they had guys banged up, but a lot of the time it, it was Chase Young against Jason Peters. Yeah, who's ninety six years old, but still, we you know the guy's been he a really good player. Ninety six. <laughs> he was supposed to play guard. He I know. Looked ninety six, but I, I mean, beyond that, the entire defensive line played relentlessly. I thought Montez Sweat looked really good. I thought he had some big time plays. I did too in in the game. I, I thought Jonathan Allen was awesome. Matt Ioannidis, Jerron Payne made some plays pushing into the backfield. Kerrigan getting in there, man. Kerrigan had an unblocked sack and, an, and a run action against the pulling guard sack and a, sniffed out a screen on a second and 22 that he got a lot of credit for. That was, it was great. And, uh, <laughs> no, uh, Ryan did a good job. Ryan's a four-down defensive end. That's, that's really clear. Montez is a four-down defensive end. I think that's really clear. Chase Young is going to be a beast. I thought Ryan Anderson came in and did a nice job when he came in. I, I just think their depth of their first, eight or nine guys, I mean, even when you get into settle and some of the – they're so deep up front, it's 
it's impressive, and they are going to scare people to death. It's what are you going to do, Kev? Are you are you going to think about double and Chase Young when he starts making plays, and all of a sudden you have blitzes coming from inside? You can't worry about chipping him if you're bringing Bostic from different places. They had some pressures I thought were great. Some they didn't get away with, but still they're bringing four or five guys to a side. It was it was a lot of fun. They played fast. They played fearlessly. It was a lot of fun to watch that front. You know, Young dropped into coverage a couple of times, Cooley, like in so, like in, in in a zone blitz look. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I on a couple of blitzes, I think Moreland came from the outside, and Chase Young dropped back into coverage. I I thought you know. This is something for you to to really talk about more, but I I just think Del Rio had Wentz and had Peterson off balance. I don't think they knew where it was coming from, and the truth is they didn't even need to bring it because the front four alone without pressure, uh, without blitz, without a fifth or or sixth um, rusher, they were fine. They were handling it. uh, you know, you mentioned the other guys. I thought Ioannidis was really good. I thought Payne at times looked like the monster that I think Del Rio believes he is too. One of the things I looked at uh, earlier this morning, Cooley, was snap count because I thought in the first game it might be an indication a little bit of who these coaches really like. And of all the interior guys, Payne had the most number of snaps. He had 52 snaps. Allen only had 36. Ioannidis had only 30. So Payne was out there. Uh, a lot. And you know, I think Payne has like, you know, an extra gear compared to the other guys. And I I don't know that you necessarily agree with me, but I think you saw some of that yesterday. Kerrigan, man, I mean, it took one game for us to say, okay, uh, Kerrigan should have been a 4-3 DN for the last 10 years. Um, And Montez Sweat, you know, at least we didn't see him drop into coverage. And he... I thought the overall team speed everywhere, including at linebacker, I thought Bostic had speed last year. And I forget if it was you or somebody else who debated me on that. I, I thought he looked fast. I thought KPL looked fast, even though he got you know matched up against the tight ends early. Um, Collins looks so quick. Um, Apke looks fast, but God, did you nail that one, man, with the depth perception and the angles. There's no doubt that that is the problem with him. Um, that was an incredible Friday. Um, yeah, Apke can really run and you like Troy a lot, but he doesn't have the best depth perception, which leads to bad angles. And I think we saw that, but overall, I mean, the team speed, um, on defense that we haven't seen to go with exceptional rushers with speed as well. I don't know. I mean, Philadelphia's banged up the whole thing, but this to me was a sign of something that we're not going to just lose in game two or is going to be easy to game plan against, which we'll get to in a moment because I thought Peterson, you know, did a terrible job with play calling. Um, but uh, it was. You know, it, it, Young had one of those days as a as an opening day that made those that said if he, that he might be Nick Bosa plus, and if he is, everybody around him is going to be better and perform better. But the guys around him are pretty good to begin with. Yeah, he's got a lot of talent around him, and that's going to help any young rusher. Any young rusher that you're not the one focal point. Right. The, the fact that you have those guys inside of you, like Alan Payne, Ioannidis, and then another guy coming off the edge, whether it be Kerrigan or Sweat or even Ryan Anderson, and and then a lot of those situations, you can almost say, like, 
hey, you got to make sure you just push the pocket from the backside and let's let our freak go after it. That's um, that's really good, man. It's uh, it, it was fun to watch, it, and it was fun to watch these secondary players make some plays. You know, I thought Jimmy Moreland, that interception he had as a young player, he baited a hitch. He started to look like he was going to bail soft in coverage, watched Wentz's eyes, key drove out of his back, pedal off his back foot, and you're looking at a second-year player that's baiting Carson Wentz into throwing a pick. Like That's big time. The Fabian interception to flip his hips, I mean, essentially, that's man. It was quarters coverage there, but to flip his hips and open up on a comeback and it's essentially man to man, that's 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 huge. I liked Cameron Curl. I thought Cameron Curl came in and made some plays. Seventh rounder out of Arkansas. I just, I really thought there was a lot on defense that that they had going for them, and I thought the game was called nicely. They played mostly zone coverage, played cover three and quarters a lot of the game. And I thought they did a really good job. I actually think adjusting to some of the stuff in the second half was exceptional. They really started to see and key things that the Eagles were doing, and we can get to Peterson. But at the same time, you got to credit the defense for, for making those adjustments and coming out and playing big time. Uh, you know, the- they, they got away with some stuff, too, by the way. Like, you mentioned the Apke thing. You know, after Wentz throws the the Moreau pick, Washington scores. Wentz had a, he he had um, Rager on a deep ball that he overthrew that Apke got burned on, and then he had D Jacks on a deep oh, crosser yeah, that right. he blew by Apke as well. Like those are two plays that would have changed that game. The the defense got away with a couple things as well. So, um, you know, Curl, you mentioned Curl. I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but he came in. He's a safety, but he came in as as a nickelback with Apke on the field, with Collins on the field, with Darby on the field, with with Moreland on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they had no Kendall Fuller yesterday, so it looked like they were using either Moreau or Curl as the fifth DB. Also on Kerrigan. You know, this goes back to 2011, the opener against the Giants, his very first game. He anticipates so well. He sniffs stuff out so well. He sniffed that screen out the, uh, yesterday. By the way, I thought they were really good in the screen game. They were flying up DBs, making tackles. You know, there were multiple. Take the eight sacks out of it. There were another four or five negative yardage plays where there were tackles in the backfield. I mean, they were playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Um but uh, I I, uh, I I was impressed with Curl too, and now you know what they thought. I mean, he played he played enough to 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 make you understand why they were fine, you know, releasing Sean Davis. But uh, do you see Curl with Fuller coming back? With you know, Curl maybe splitting time with Apke at free safety, or or do you see him you know settling into the role that he was in yesterday, which was more of a nickelback? It's hard to say what they want to do in that situation. I'm sure they want Troy Apke to continue to grow and be able to be a big part of that secondary as the free safety. But like Curl looks fast. I thought Apke that's a, looked that's fast an entirely too. Different position. Well, he is fast. I mean, I thought he Remember came he up and made some. I thought he came up and made some really good tackles. Yeah, I thought the entire secondary, other than I think early in the game, Landon Collins missed three or four tackles. 
I thought the entire secondary tackled well. I thought Jimmy Moreland was exceptional at making tackles throughout the entire game. Yeah. I mean, Curl made some big tackles. Apke made some big tackles. I thought they were consistent. That was a worry, I think, for anybody going into the season without having played any preseason and tackling a lot was, are you going to be able to tackle? But uh, the secondary did a really good job of, of limiting big plays as far as yards after contact, yards after catch, whatever it may be. I, I, I mean, they're just impressive defensively. They're going to win games this year because of that defense. Yeah, it was it was uh, it, it was so impressive. You know, anytime you end up with a plus three turnover margin, really hard to lose an NFL game. Um, I um, the Moreau pick really was the game changer. You go in seventeen nothing at half. That happened with a minute thirty seven left. You know, Dwayne's had no rhythm offensively. You're you're just you, you have no confidence in. I'm saying as a fan watching it, um, but when they got on the board late, it was huge. I Cooley, I, I want to get to. Um, a couple of, of things that I really thought um, Doug Peterson and, and his offensive staff yeah. really missed out on. Um, first of all, they got completely sideways with the pass-run ratio. 42 passes, 17 rushes is not a way to nullify a dominant pass rush. You know, you've got to, if you're gonna if you're gonna stop and slow down a pass rush that ended up with eight sacks, four more than anybody else had in the league yesterday, um, and constant pressures, um, you can't be one dimensional, which is where 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 they got. They were one dimensional and they were dropping him back. They weren't even getting him on the move at all. And he wore down, and it seemed like they didn't notice. Um, at all. Um, that would be my first criticism of, of Peterson. I didn't think he did anything to protect his quarterback, and I thought Scott Turner did do a lot to protect Dwayne, where I thought the pass pro was was very sketchy at times. They had a 17 nothing lead. Yeah. A 17 nothing lead, and his quarterback's sitting back there looking for the big play. They're trying to get the big play. They're not just taking what's available underneath. Now, they're the Redskins, or the excuse me, Washington did a very good job in coverage, but Wentz is sitting back there jacking the ball off, trying to make a big play throughout that game, missing multiple levels of throws. At some point, you got to realize my my guy is missing right now. My guy's missing. I got to protect him and be able to run the football. I did think that Washington did a pretty good job stopping the run. Me I thought too. that was going to be absolutely absolutely paramount. I mean, it ended up being like three point seven yards per carry. And I think on a third and fifteen, they had a draw where they got That's twelve right. or thirteen yards. Boston so Scott, it really, yeah. realistically, you take that one play out, and it's sixteen carries for about forty-two yards. So it's really even less. And then they did have some tackles for loss, and they had some plays at the line of scrimmage, and they were a stout run defense, which was which was huge. But Peterson quit on it. He absolutely quit on the run. He put it on Wentz, and it was so clear and apparent that Wentz was in over his head. I you keep saying worn out. I don't know if he's worn out. I, I just think he was wildly inaccurate. I really thought about you watching the game because you played in this really exclusive golf tournament over the weekend. Started out hot, 3-0, three holes up, and then you shit the bed. And that's what Wentz did. They started out pretty hot, and he shit the bed in the second half. He shit the bed after Fabian made the pick. When you're dropping, make anything. Couldn't when you, complete throws. But when you're dropping back 
in front of an offensive line that isn't really very good and you're missing two key weapons and you've been sacked eight times or let's just say five on the way to eight and you're getting pressured every other time, I mean, you got to come up with a better idea. Um, you just have to come up with a better idea. And I, 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 I think the inaccuracy was because he was under pressure and because he was, he was starting to feel it. Uh, that's what I thought. Let, let me let me get to this because I, I hear I hear you, but even when you say that, if you're looking at the pictures on the sideline, who used to say that? Yeah, we're gonna go look at the pictures. If you're looking at an iPad now, you're looking at the Kerrigan sack early, where he's completely unblocked. They just botched it. You're looking at Bostic with two pressures where he's completely unblocked. You're looking at Montez Sweat on a boot to him where you put a tight end on him initially, and that's a tough block for a tight. I mean, it, it wasn't. There was definite pressure. I'm not saying that, but if you're looking back at it as it went, three or four of those first pressures and sacks, it really it really missed assignments. Okay. It wasn't just a pure beating. He shouldn't have panicked. By the way, Cooley, you know what I forgot to mention to you? CJ said this this morning. Do you know how incredibly difficult, more difficult it would have been for Philadelphia yesterday in that kind of game if there had been a crowd? Um, with the with the defense at eight sacks, and the constant pressure, and every uh, the, the, how loud. There's nothing better than a crowd when your team's coming back from a seventeen nothing deficit, and defensively they are just dominant, which is what they turned into. They turned into a dominating defense during that game. That crowd, it, it may have gotten worse for Philadelphia had there actually been a crowd with, with the noise pre-snap, with defensive guys being able to get a quick jump. You didn't have any of that benefit from being at home, and they still. I mean, I'd like to know, by the way, that, that actually would be an interesting thing, right? To go back and look at how many eight-plus sack games have there been in NFL history for teams. It's, it's a high number for sacks for a team. And how many of those games were at home like in front of a home crowd because the home crowd helps the defense more than it helps the offense for obvious reasons but you didn't even have the benefit of that and they still dominated well they dominated you you would have also likely negated three or four pre-snap penalties or, or encroachment or false start penalties on the defense right because he wouldn't have been able to go hard count. You're absolutely right. He was able to keep them somewhat off balance with a good count, a good cadence. All right. There's there were three um, decisions by by the coaches um, Peterson and Rivera that I'm just going to refer to as sort of analytics decisions in the second half half that really helped determine the outcome of the game. Um, the, the two made by Doug Peterson, I think, were the wrong call and backfired because of context. And the one made by Ron Rivera was the right call and it paid off. And I'm going to go through them chronologically and how they happened. Philly's first decision, which was sort of a, an analytics math you know, decision, uh-huh. it's, a, it's a fourth and four with 437 to go. Uh, I'm sorry, fourth and four uh, at the Washington 45 with 117 left in the third quarter, and they're up 17-14. Okay, fourth down and four. By the way, it was more like fourth and four and a half um, because I went back and looked at it. They're up by three. 
Um, and, you know, analytically, which Peterson's a big analytics guy, hey, it's fourth and four, you're in their territory, you just go for it because it's fourth, fourth, you know, going for it on fourth down, and it's fourth and That's four. That's what we do. That's what we do, fourth and four and a half. And here's the context which made the decision in the moment wrong, in my view, and I felt that way as I was watching it. First of all, they couldn't block anybody at that point. Um, he was under duress, the quarterback was, and you're, you were going to have to throw to get it. Secondly, in their last six third downs, on their last six third downs, They were one for six, and now all of a sudden they think they can convert a fourth and four and a half. You know, a math, you know, analytics decision with that context, um, uh, you know, and by the way, here's some other information to go with it, right? So if Peterson were to say to you and me, the reason I did it is because I really wasn't concerned about Washington's offense. Okay, it was 17-14, and they were hit and miss at that point, but maybe he thought, ah, if I turn the ball over to him here and we, we miss, so what? Well, th- that begs that the argument of, well, if you don't have any confidence in their offense, punt them deep. You know, pin them inside the 15-yard line, inside the 10-yard line. You're punting in their territory. It's fourth and four and a half. Why give it to them with a huge advantage at midfield? So I thought that was a horrendous decision um, that Peterson made and really cost them. They had a three-point lead. The offense for Washington, you know, who knows if they've got to go 90 yards down three points. And the bottom line is fourth and four and a half. I don't care what the math says overall. The context of that, were, were, the, the odds were stacked against them with the way Washington was playing def- defensively and the way they were playing offensively in that moment. It, it, it was just stacked against them. Um, so that was the first one. What did you think? Oh, I thought it was completely boneheaded. I don't understand that call at all. I don't understand if you weigh any context whatsoever. You have 17-13, you're quarterback struggling, and you want to throw the ball. And, by the way, you're getting a ton of pressure. And I loved that they brought a blitz there and came after it. Yeah. I loved it. I thought that was an awesome choice. I thought it was an outstanding defensive play. But I mean, what are the? I mean, you look at you look at what you would get on a third and four. What's your third and four percentages? You know, I can go find the Eagles on third and four last year, but I'll bet it's not more than fifty-fifty. Even if it is the, con- the context though. of that game, they're one for their last six on third down, and 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 you're and he's facing a relentless pass they rush. Get, they got to get what, 20 yards to tie the game up? Right. Not even. Yeah. Now, on the so, third and four, maybe they were frustrated because Ward was a little bit open and he missed him. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, the play resulted in John Bostic coming on a blitz wide open. Not only do they not get the fourth down, they lose nine yards of field position on the sack. In the process. So now Washington's starting their next position. You know what? I'm sick of this, Washington. Uh, And I'm not apologizing. And you're not apologizing either. If we say something other than Washington, we're going to do our best. But we're not going to apologize or correct ourselves. Okay? At at fourth and four at the Washington 45, again, in that context, when he got sacked, the Skins had the ball on Philly's side of the field now needing three to tie, which they went and got it. And it's 17-17. I thought that was a dumb decision. Here's the second of the three. Hold, co- hold on. Here's, okay. your, here's your other analytic to that, just, just for context for you. In 2019, 
On third and four, the Eagles were 37.5%. Wow. On third and five, on third and five, they were 50%. And on fourth and four, they were 50%. They had eight times on fourth and four where they went for it last year. They converted four of them. In that moment of the game, you're going to take last year's third down percentage, last year's fourth down percentage between the two of those and put it right around 44% chance that you get that first down. That is not that To me, the analytics say that's, those are not good odds to give Washington the ball back at midfield. I thought that was boneheaded. They should have punted him deep. No question. And, and by, by the way, just to be clear on this, this is not for me an anti-analytics um, thing. No. I just have always felt in this conversation that if you go strictly by the math and you go strictly by blackjack rules, which is totally different, um, as we know, because we know what the cards are that are in the deck and we know how many decks there are, um, I there's just too much context that you have. It's, it's, it's a piece of information that has to be combined with the other pieces of information. And the other pieces of information were overwhelmingly against going for fourth and, and four and a half. It just, they just were, um, which to me makes the analytic punt. Yeah. Punt. punt. <laughs> you, 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 that to me means that the right thing to do is actually punt, not only in a decision by a coach, but analytically. So the second sort of, I guess, analytics decision in the game, Ron Rivera was faced with. Fourth and one, it was a long one, seven minutes and 26 seconds left in the game. The score is 17-17, and the ball's at the Eagles' four-yard line, and Rivera decides to go for it. Uh, to me, that was the right call. Analytics-wise, it's fourth and one. We know what the fourth and one numbers are. You know, even even the fourth and one on a condensed field, which I think those numbers are are not as much is not as favorable as they are in the middle of the field. But context-wise, for me, it's like okay, if they miss, that defense is back on the field against the Eagles from their own four-yard line. You know, go ahead. I'll t- if they miss, I'll take that shot. Um, if he makes it, they've got a chance to go up seven, and they eat more clock. And they did make it. I was a bit surprised with the play call. You know, they get Sims in motion, sort of looking like Sims could take a quick, you know, handoff, and then they pitch it to Barber, who, by the way, I thought was very good in short yardage with vision, Cooley, as a runner yesterday. And he and they've got Moses pulling as a right tackle, and he's pulling anyway out to the to to the outside. Um, and they get it. Uh, but it didn't look like at the beginning of that play that he was going to get it. That little toss plays uh, hard to stop. And if you think about how many times it's been third and one, or fourth and one, and it's been our defense on the field, and somehow they get that stupid toss play. I mean, we give that play up so many times. That I, 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 don't, I actually do like the play call. I, I like that more than I like throwing it in that situation. And I'm totally with you. I, I don't think that you would be wrong to kick a field goal there, especially with the momentum of the game and the way your defense is playing. But at the same time, you say the same thing. Look, if we give it to them here in, inside the 20, we'll, we'll play defense and it'll be a tie ball game. I, I, there's something about that call, especially in a fourth and one, that really makes your team believe in you. It shows you believe in your guys. It, 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 it's, to me, that's a belief call. And the previous call we discussed by Peterson is a, well, it's on paper it says to do it. Some guys <laughs> crunching some numbers up there told me this is the right move. So uh, here we go. I just, 
that's the part that drives me nuts is that, you know, and, and Jim Harbaugh did a lot of it last year. Uh, John Harbaugh uh, did a, a lot of it last year. Well, you know, we've, we've got the numbers. We trust our analytics guys. They've given us what to do in these situations. We're going to do it. No, it, it can't be that. It's got to be we've got the information, we appreciate the information, and we understand what the math is, and now we're going to combine that piece of information with what the hell's going on in the game. <laughs> okay? Because because the third and and final, you know, sort of analytics move was made by Peterson down 24-17. There's 4:37 left in the game. He's got all three timeouts left. He's down 7. He's at his own 42 and it's fourth and 3. Now, at that point, okay, let me give you more context. Philly's now one for its last eight on third downs. They missed the other fourth down that they went for. Um, and they're getting their ass kicked by, by, by Washington's defense. It's just, it's not, he couldn't have felt confident beyond the, some, some analytics guy who said, this is what you have to do. He couldn't have personally felt really confident that they were going to make it given the context of the situation. Now, if they punt it, you know, they can get a stop. They got plenty of timeouts left. They got more time in the game. If you hand it over there on your own 42, uh, they're going to kick a field goal and be up 10 and it's going to be game over. Now. To be fair, Ertz is wide open, and he should have made the catch for the first down. He dropped it. The ball wasn't perfectly thrown, but he dropped it. Um, he and, dropped it. And Washington takes over, and it's pretty much near game over at that point. I I think the right call would have been to have punted it for, for Philadelphia. Obviously, hindsight, as Spurrier once said, is 50-50, but it really – I I just think the context was they weren't doing anything against this defense. You know, the odds were they weren't going to make it. Well, Peterson's going to say that he dialed up the right play in the right situation. To to give you my feelings on this, and there's another call that Washington had early in the game that I thought a, a lot the same. It was a third and three the previous play, and they threw it deep to Deshaun Jackson right. on an inside fade. Yeah. Uh, now, if you think back into the, I think the third quarter on a third and two, Wentz scrambled or Wentz had a quarterback sneak for a first down. Right. That was their one first down in the second half. Yeah, it was a third and two, and he had a huge push for quarterback sneak. A lot of times, and you see this so much in the NFL. If it's third and three, third and two, and you know you're going to go for it, a lot of teams will run the ball. In third and three, right? It's it's a catch them off guard type of deal. Everyone's got to play the pass, and if you can get one or two, then you're in a fourth and one situation with a guy like Wentz where you can sneak. So I think the big mistake there was the call on third and three to try to take a shot to Deshaun Jackson. Now they got a one on one look that they liked, but at the same time, I think you know you're going for it on fourth down, and Peterson does. Then get yourself in a better fourth down situation. To me, that would have been a play where they could have run the ball or even just essentially had two sneaks in a row by Wentz and probably converted right there. The same thing happened earlier in the game. Washington down 7-0 at midfield on a third and two, had an incomplete pass, and then chose to punt it on fourth and two at the 48-yard line. Right. I, like, it 7-0 early in a ball game, third and two, if you think of it a four-down situation, we have two downs to get two yards. To me, I thought that was a mistake made by maybe Rivera or maybe Turner. But if I'm the head coach, I'm saying on third and two, 
can we get a yard so Dwayne can sneak it on fourth and one at midfield? Right, and that was that that, that was that was that the was one the prior one to the missed game. field goal by by Hopkins. As everyone, correct. As everyone plays these analytic games, you're you're sitting there saying, "Well, get yourself in a fourth and one." Right. It's early in the ball game, and you're trying to gain some momentum and get first downs on offense, and you've had a three and out already. You don't want another three and out. So that would be the one that I would have that would have changed or done differently for for Washington. But yeah, you're, you're fourth and two to Earth. Yeah, I, I just I, don't know. I mean, you're going to look at it over and over, and Ertz is going to say it's my fault, and you're going to say we we had the, we had the look we wanted. But at the same time, I think it was Darby on Earth, right? Yeah, I, look, I mean, it's I, not a premier matchup of the two decisions of the two decisions that Peterson made. That's the less egregious for me. The fourth, you know, with the lead, the fourth and four, fourth and four and a half is is really a bad decision. But right there, if that's me from my own forty-two with all three timeouts and four and a half minutes to go in the game, down a touchdown, I'm not handing them the game with a play that I don't think I can convert on. Um, and my offense is really. Uh, in trouble. By the way, I said that it was their only. They had they had, uh, they had more than one first down in the second half. They had several first downs, but um, uh, but they were being very much uh, dominated um in the game. All right, we'll get to a couple of the things um that we didn't like um from the game yesterday. Right after this word from Indochino. Hi, this is Paul Tenorio from the Athletic. When I buy dress shirts off the rack, I tend to end up with shirts that drape off my broader shoulders and look boxy on me. Just the other day on vacation, we took a family photo, and the shirt I wore just looked way too big and wide. It was amazing how much better the photo looked when I switched into my new Indochino shirt. My wife and I had taken my measurements at home on Indochino.com and sent them in, and my new shirt emphasizes my shoulders, but cuts in so much better across my chest and stomach. I looked and felt way more confident and stylish. With Indochino, you can get custom-fitted suits, coats, shirts, and casual wear at surprisingly affordable prices, and you can customize everything from the fabric to the lining and the lapel shape, even add a monogram. The best part, Indochino's suits start at just $299 with all customizations included, and it's super easy to order and get it shipped fast no matter where you live. So go visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America, or do what I did, Book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $399 or more when you enter code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code ATHLETIC. I didn't know why Rivera didn't kick the field goals at the end of the game. There were two opportunities to kick a field goal. The first one with two two minutes and 16 seconds left, Cooley. It was fourth and fourth, Philadelphia's 10. They're up 27 to 17, and they just went for it. Now they drew uh, Philly offsides, and they got the first down. I think the play there is to kick the field goal. Now maybe he's thinking, my defense is so dominant, I don't want to try a field goal and have it blocked in return for a touchdown. But that's not going to happen either. You know, that's that's a real long shot possibility. I, I think you just kick the field goal there and go up 30-17 to 17 and force them to score two touchdowns to beat you over the final two minutes and 16 seconds. And then, you know, this one less uh, of an issue, but 31 seconds left in the game, fourth and goal at the Philly 11, and they just sort of went for it. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't have just kicked the field goal there. But the first one in particular, I was a bit surprised. I don't think anybody asked him about it after the game. Um, I don't have a big problem with that. They had played so well. But I, I think the move there is to kick the field goal, don't you? Yeah. 
I think even Daryl Johnson, that's who was on the call, right? Daryl yeah. Johnson? Yeah. Who I didn't like on the call, but I think even Daryl Johnson at that point said, yeah, they'll just, uh, they'll, I guess they'll make them run one more play without taking another snap. Sitting there going, it was fourth down. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about, <laughs> Moose? It, it, they'll make Philly run some more plays, but yeah, I, I think you just kick a field goal. Yeah, you go up 30, I, I, 30 I mean, to 17. Barring some crazy fluke, like let's just say you got someone behind somebody and then now you're only up three. Phil Gold would tie it. I yeah. think you'd go for points there. Yeah. And I, it, it's silly. And keep in mind that Doug Peterson thought he was going to step on the gas and he wanted to score 50. I, to me, it was, I thought it, I actually thought about it. I, I did. I, it kind of bothered me too. I thought, is he just trying to, is this sportsmanship? Was that what it was? No, it, it, it's, it wasn't sportsmanship. I think it was him just saying, sure? I think it was him just saying, hey, we'll go for it. And if we miss, our defense has them backed up to their 10 yard line. And they're not, they're not, they're not scoring again from, from deep in their own territory. I, maybe that was it. Um, I don't know what it was. It was interesting. It was though. it was strange, but um, the the other things more sort of I think um, not debatable. Although I don't think that was debatable either. Um, I just didn't think that their pass protection was very good. I, I thought that you said Christian held up with the exception of, of the one. I thought interior wise, I didn't think Sheriff. I thought Sheriff got blown up a couple of times. Wes Martin obviously got blown up. I mean, we saw that. That's become a meme already. Um, I thought that their pass protection, I think they schemed around it really well with some real quick throws, and Dwayne throws under pressure pretty well. Now, if, if it's immediate pressure, like within within a second and a half, which was one of the plays, like if you go back to, I'll give you the, the, um, the play, after they missed their field goal, and Washington took over, really good field position. They missed their field goal to go up, um, whatever that would have been. It was a 53-yarder after the sack. Um, the that, dumb sack that Wentz took. Right, the bad, bad sack that he took, exactly, that knocked him from like a 40-yard field goal to a 53-yarder. Um, the first or second down play after that with good field position, Brandon Sheriff gets run over by McGill. And literally, if you time it, it's less than two seconds, and Haskins is down. And I, I thought that was a big opportunity I, to, to, to score off the missed field goal. But I just didn't think pass protection was good enough, and I think they're going to have to improve that. Well, you're talking about a really good front. But you're True. also going to talk about a lot of really good fronts because you consistently play really good fronts. And so, uh, yeah, I mean – there was some there was some immediate pressures. There were also some that I thought could have been avoided. I mean, there's a sack that Dwayne takes where he's taking five steps out of shotgun and he's got Sims wide open and you're, you're like, dude, just just throw it. He's there. Dude. Hit him out of the break. There, there's an RPO sack that he takes. You can't take a sack in an RPO situation. I think that was the... I think that was the uh, sheriff sack. Was that an RPO? I think it was an RPO. Uh, if I'm I, thinking, I'd, I'll, I'll go back and look at that right. before we do any film breakdown. And I wouldn't. I'm not sitting here saying well, I'm going to put pressure on. I mean, it's, gonna, it's Dwayne's fault. It, no, there was some absolute pressures, and there were some plays that you would like 
better protection, but if you were to tell me that Jerron Christian and Wes Martin were going to start and we were going to give up only three sacks in that ballgame, I, I got to I gotta give them some credit, man. Maybe not a ton of time, but you know when you play that team, you're not going to get a ton of time. So I, I, I don't know. I thought they did an all right job up front. Um. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to really, you know, nitpick from this loss. The penalties early, um, you know, the I, I guess Troy Apke, you know, you really called that one. It was amazing how 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 spot on you were all you were with that call on Friday. Um, but man, you know, after seventeen nothing, that was one of those true defensive dominations of a team. You don't see a lot of that in the NFL. You know, we've seen it a couple of times with San Francisco and Baltimore and a couple of the really good defenses in recent years. And Cooley, I don't want to get crazy because it's one game and Philadelphia was banged up and they were missing big pieces. But I I, I have this sense that they are are just going to be good on defense this year. I, I'm... And good enough to really compete in a lot of these games. They're going to play some good teams, and next week is a challenge. And Kyler Murray, and and you know they've got obviously Lamar Jackson in a few weeks, and but you know they also have some teams where I think a Jack Del Rio and a and a, and a Rivera with that talent are going to really be able to scheme up a, a, a defense that that turns people over too with the rush that they get. They're going to end up with some turnovers this year. I think you're exactly right. I found the play, the share play. It was an RPO play. It was. Inman's running a five. Inman was running a five-step slant. He's wide open. That ball's got to come out, even if it's early on the break. You just don't have time in RPO to sit there and second guess it. It's a plant and throw. So either Inman runs a five-step slant, and it should have been a three-step slant. It's hard to say with what they called. Right. And so it could be a little bit on Inman, but it's a slant play that I think he should have banged in there. So I'm not going to be overly concerned about that one. There you go. There you go. I, I do think it's a defense that's, that's got some real potential. I mean, my my concerns, takeaways from the defense uh, side of this, I, I thought after the first drive, which was horrendous, I, I thought they really started to bounce back. But my concern would be, is this a defense that when they don't get pressure on early down and distances has the potential to give up big plays? There were a lot of big play opportunities that Wentz had in in that ball game that he didn't hit. I, I mean, I looked at five or six throws that he missed down the field that could have been big plays. He threw a deep end to Deshaun Jackson when his clearing route is completely wide open down the middle of the field that he doesn't throw. Um, I didn't love Kevin Pierre-Lewis. I, I, I didn't think he was entirely effective in the run game. I, I just don't see him as a guy that can run with tight ends and play tight ends. I don't care if he has speed. He seemed like a guy that was off balance and out of position when he had to play the tight ends. To me, to me Cole Holcomb would be. I, I, I love Cole Holcomb. So maybe I'm a little well, bit of a homer. He, uh, Holcomb got hurt on a special teams play early yesterday. That's why. But um, he wasn't going to. He wasn't. Gonna no, start. you're right. You're right about that. No doubt. I mean. Uh, I think I looked at this earlier. I think, you know, it was the safeties, um, the two corners, Darby and Moreland, and um, and KPL uh, that played all of the snaps on defense. 
you know, and then it was like yeah. Chase Young and Payne next, I think it was. Um, it's interesting. They had, uh, Here it is. I just pulled it up. They had 68 defensive snaps. And in looking at the D-line, all right, Chase Young played 53 of them because we know we're going to see rotation. Deron Pay- uh, Payne played 52. Sweat played 48. And then it's John Allen at 36. Ioannidis at 30. And then Tim Settle played 15 uh, 16 snaps, and Ryan Anderson had 12 snaps. But um, interesting that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've had this sense in watching Payne that he's the one that can t- could turn into an absolute top three to five player at his position, talent-wise. I just don't see him as a, as a true pass rusher. And now if you want to be a top three to five D tackle in the NFL. You gotta, if you, you want to be Cox or Donald gotta, from the inside. you got to be a pass rusher. Uh, you, just, you just do. I, do I, I don't think that he can't be. I, I think that there are times when he's got overwhelming power, and he does have. You talk about that innate, the innate quicks, kind of the quick twitch thing. I think there are times when you see more quick twitch out of him than Ionitis or, or Allen. But it's it, he's got to develop something a little bit more as a pass rusher. Now that said, he played nose all last year in the three-four scheme. So he's going to develop as a four-down D tackle, and there are some things that he's going to get better at. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, man, a couple things at linebacker, a couple things in the secondary where you just don't want to get beat over the top. But for a young secondary and a brand new defense, a completely new system, I just I think you look at this game and you just think it's huge. You're never going to look back at this score and say, yeah, that was a Philly team that was banged up though. Right. You, you look at if you're if you're like you hoped five and four, six and four as you get into the midpoint of the season, you're not going to look at this score and go, ah, well, beat them and they were bad. You know that was a huge win at home. This is their first home opener that they've won since 2014. It's the first time they've won. Win. They haven't won a division game in their last ten. You know, I'm looking. The first time they beat Philly in the last six. Like that's a. This is a massive win. It's a massive start of the season. I actually saw a stat today that teams that lose their first game, their chance of making the playoffs is twenty four percent. That's crazy. Losing your first game and your twenty four percent chance to make the playoffs. <laughs> that's crazy. That's that that doesn't that doesn't seem right. Um, it is. I'm looking at some of these snap counts. There's a couple. There are a couple of things that are interesting to me. All right. Number one, I've already mentioned just the interior D lineman that, you know, it was really um, pain and pain that had the, the, the significant percentage of the snaps. He was in, on 76% of the defensive snaps, whereas Matt Ioannidis was in 44% of the, the snaps. Allen, 53%. That's interesting to me. Um, uh, the DNs. Do you know that Kerrigan only played 22 snaps? As good as he yeah. was, as impactful as he was, he was only on the field for 22 of the 68 snaps, whereas Chase Young out there for 53 snaps, Montez Sweat out there for 48 snaps. Um, and even um, now, you know, something that I did notice, I saw Payne lined up as a defensive end a couple of times. Oh, they lined up all over the place. Sweat yeah, they, would line up inside. Yeah. They, they lined up all over the place, and they, they did some fun things with some stunts inside as well. And then offensively, for all of the talk about all of the excitement over Gibson, and Gibson got some touches in the game. They tried the first two plays of the game where Gibson rushes. 
He was only out there for 18 of the 70 offensive snaps in the game. Right. You know, He's a rookie. McKissick was out there for 31 of them, and Barber was out there for 29 of them. Um, so there you go. Uh, the, the guy, you know, in turn, after the offensive lineman, the um, McLaurin had the most snaps, Sims the second most, Logan Thomas the third most. So um, there you go. Sprinkle and Bob, uh, Sprinkle had the second most at tight end, if you're wondering. Uh, Logan Thomas had the most. Um, I, I, I always like looking at that early in the year because you get a sense of, all right, what did we see in preseason this year? Nothing in preseason. And what, 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 what do the coaches really think? You, you know what I mean? Like, okay, so all the beat reporters were telling us that this player was definitely going to start and was going to be out there a lot. What, are the, what, what did the coaches really think? Well, you know, there's no Kendall Fuller defensively. Um, so, you know, you were missing that piece. There was no Thomas Davis um uh, defensively either. So you had some, but you know, clearly the, the KPL and the Bostic stuff and the pain stuff, which uh, you kept hearing from the coaches and the defensive coaches, they like those players. They like those players a lot. Um, anyway, huge win. Hey, the, uh, the Washington, the Washington offensive summary on PFF is out. And Dwayne was a 52.8 out of, I think it's out of 100. Okay. The highest graded player was Morgan Moses on offense at 81.2. Did Did you think Moses Moses was good? I did think that Morgan Moses was good. I <clears throat> I was impressed by by Morgan. Who, who was the third best? I'll give you the I'll give you the defensive grades. No one else was great on offense. Chase Young had the highest grade on PFF, 86.5. Of any player Xavier in the league. Was, no, no. Oh, okay. Of any player on the Washington defense. Yeah. Fabian Moreau was 86. After that, the next highest was 69. And that was... Um, Ryan Anderson, Jimmy Moreland, Ronald Darby, Matt Ioannidis, all right there on 68, 69. Hmm. Matt, I, they hate Matt Ioannidis. They graded Matt Ioannidis as 68.1. That's not necessarily a C or D, per se. He had a false start penalty so that, that's like heavily downgraded without that he's probably a 75 yeah i it's funny i think what we're going to see all year long is um you know if haskins has statistically these kinds of games um that you're not going to get uh, a lot of uh, a positive overwhelming reaction i thought it was a winning performance by Dwayne haskins i did I think he came through in the big moments, and he was rusty early, but I think he felt the pressure. But I thought Dwayne Haskins was everything that, you know, he, everything that I like about him was on display yesterday. W- would it be better if he were more accurate? If it were, you know, if it would, I'd like to see him with a lot of time um, to throw the football, but I thought he was fine yesterday. I didn't he's have any problem. He's going to continue to develop the way he's playing right now. And. When you ask, would it be better? Yeah, they're a team that can start to score 25-plus points a game if he becomes more accurate. I know they did in this game, but I'm talking about 25-plus points when you're not getting the ball on the other side of the field every other possession. Uh, Conversely to Dwayne Haskins, Carson Wentz was graded a 41.3. He was the lowest player graded in the game for either team. (laughs) Wow. That's that's interesting, too, don't you think, to a certain degree, because – um, it's really, 
I think on some level it's sort of unfair to him. I just didn't think he had a shot in a lot of situations yesterday. I don't think he had much of a shot. Yeah, I, Carson Wentz was terrible. He was terrible That's, in that game. Actually, I was wrong. Um, Avante Maddox was the lowest player, 36.9. Mm. Played 61 snaps. Okay. So, yeah, anyways. Um, I, I just I thought Wentz was awful. I thought he missed throw after throw and had big play opportunities and didn't make them. I thought he overthrew receivers in the middle of the field, threw behind receivers. I mean, there was. I think there was a screen to Goddard or Ertz that he threw out to the left that would have been about 25 that he threw it right at the feet, almost behind the line of scrimmage. I, look, I don't care. He was bad. And they had some drops as well. But that's sometimes how you win ball games. It doesn't matter to me how banged up Philly was or if Wentz didn't play the way Wentz is supposed to play. Who cares? Yeah, I they agree. won. I agree. They won a big game. Uh Let's get one uh, last thought before we talk about the rest of the league for a little bit. Um, it's it's Kyler Murray. It's Arizona. The Cardinals are seven-point favorites next week um, in that game. It seems a little high, but they did beat the 49ers. Um, uh, you know, you, I watched some of that game on Red Zone. I don't know if you saw uh, enough of it, but... You know, Kyler Murray's a completely different animal, and they've got weapons. DeAndre Hopkins had 14 catches for 151 yards in his first game. And you know who's really good, Cooley, is Kenyon Drake. Like, he's a real weapon. He was a steal, he was a steal last year yeah. when they made that trade. I Kyler Murray's a potential MVP candidate. He was awesome. He had 100 yard rushing in that ballgame. Yeah. If it wasn't for two knees that he took exactly. late. I did watch. I did watch a lot of that game. Um, I think that Arizona, as they grow, they're going to be a pretty good team. I mean, Hopkins is, Hopkins changes that dynamic completely. They do. And then Murray and Drake being able to, to run the ball. I mean, Kenyon Drake still had 60 yards in that ball game. How about, that, 13 how, how about that division? Seattle, the 49ers, the Cardinals, and the Rams. I mean, there's not a better division top to bottom in the NFL. Like, it's not even really close. Like, what what would be the other division that's even close? There isn't I think one. the NFC South pretty good. Yeah, maybe the NFC North. I don't know. By the way, real quickly, you know, so Kyler Murray did have 100 yards rushing on 11 carries, and they took two knees um, for minus nine yards. Do you know why it was minus nine yards? Do you I, I actually don't. For, for the kneel, for, for the kneel down, Cliff Kingsbury just keeps him in the shotgun, and they just snap it to him, and he takes. Oh, takes yeah, right, knee. right, right. What do you think about That's so that? Weird to see. When you watch high school games, and when, it's safer. You think it's safer than being under center and taking a knee? What mm-hmm. if the snap sails over his head? How many snaps sailed over his head in that ball game? I don't care. How many snaps all, does he take under center? All it takes is one snap he over his head, deep in their own territory, <laughs> up four, to for him to be under center for the rest of his career. He, he, he doesn't take snaps under center. I understand they, that. They don't snap the ball. They're not accustomed to that. It's not something that you, they're used to. I've had this conversation with a lot of high school and college coaches, the end of the game deal, and all of them say the same thing, is we never practice a snap under center. Well, then you know what I'm going to do, and I don't think they did this. I'm going to put somebody behind him. I'm going to line that somebody. That actually would 
be what I would do as well. That they do that in a vic, the victory formation, the famous victory formation. There's always two players next to the quarterback under center and one player about twelve that's, yards deep. That's right. So if they're going to snap it back shotgun, I'm going to have a player standing five yards behind him. So if it sails over his head, the other guy catches it. Or if he bobbles it or something, the guy can come up and help him and fall on it. I, I just they didn't do that. Are you sure they didn't do that? I don't know that actually. I don't think they did. I remember watching it, thinking, "Wow, that's a little bit dangerous." I, I you know, I've got the um, I've got Game Pass open and in front of me, so I can pull it up real quickly. Let me just see. Um, here, here it is. Hold on. Uh, oh, there was the Kenyon Drake run, and here comes the snaps. Hold on. Uh, yes, they have somebody behind. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can stop that now. The guy's seven yards exactly behind uh, Kyler Murray. Um, um, the interesting thing from the interesting thing from that game is Jimmy Garoppolo is terrible. He's it's Cooley. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. He throws late. He throws inaccurately. He's really inaccurate. I also think he's got some gamer baller to him, but I don't think he's a good like a good throwing quarterback. I think you and I talked about this at some point last year, and I think someone told me that had talked to one of the Shanahan's or something that that. Actually, I know it was. It was was from the Shanahan's. Was that he misses so many throws and he's late, but his release is so quick, almost like the Wayne. A lot of times that his release is so quick that he gets away with more than you can believe. Right. And so you got to ask yourself as a coach. I mean, you know, is it worth it? It's not exactly how I drew it up, but man, that release was so fast and he's so talented that he can pull it off. So when play's over, what do I say? All right, let's get to uh, the rest of the league after I tell you about my bookie. My bookie right now has a $100,000 survivor pool um, that began in week one of the season. Um, and I think you can join it now, too. Contestants must select one team to win its game outright. Point spreads are irrelevant. Didn't you and I do this on the show, a survivor pool pick every week for when we had the radio show together? I think we did. Survivor pools aren't easy either. I mean, people that think, oh, all I got to do is pick one winner a week. Yeah, but you don't get to pick the same team twice. Um, my bookies are – we did do that, right? I always do it. I'm, I, I'm doing it right now. You're in a survivor By pool? Myself. I have not been in a survivor yeah. pool in a while. Um, I, was, I was last year. I made it to week 13. No, no one makes it to week 13. I had three guys left. I made it to 13 and lost. That's it. pretty impressive. Uh, you should have hedged yeah. against that. You should have gotten the rest of the guys together and said, hey, let's just uh, let's split this thing. Um, my bookie, I, I tell you guys this all the time. It is a reliable place. You're going to get fair lines, fair pricing, and you're going to get paid if you win. And the season's already off to a great start. Um, that means action-packed Sundays are back. Huge cash prizes week in and week out. Get in on the action. Use my promo code, KevinDC. They'll double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use my promo code, KevinDC. They'll double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today 
only at my bookie. Um, my smell test off to a real rocky start. Now last year I got off to a red hot start and finished poorly. Um, I was one three and one yesterday. I had Washington plus five and a half winner. I had the Dolphins plus seven. Cooley, they were deep in New England territory, and Fitzpatrick does what he does. Like he'll get you down there, and he'll make a great a bunch of good good plays. Then he threw a pick, um, and they had a chance to cut good twenty. Play. 21 to 11 to at least 21 14, which would have been a push. Play Greg Minuski defense. Just play soft the entire game. You know he's going to throw a pick some point in the red zone. I had the Jets give him, loser. Give him yards. It's so true. I had the Lions. Blame Adam Gaze for the Jets. He's terrible. I had the Lions in DeAndre Swift, the rookie from Georgia, oh drop the touchdown pass. Um, and I had the Bengals plus three, and they should have won that game, and their kicker missed a kick that would have forced overtime. Um, tonight I do have the Giants plus six and the Broncos plus three. Let's start um, with, uh, as we go uh, around the league real quickly and talk about the other games from the weekend um, from yesterday. Um, let's start with the Cowboy game last night. Did you think that was offensive pass interference on Michael Gallup? Nope. thought that was egregious. Terrible call. You know right? what it reminded me of? This was going to be my what do you got. Jalen Ramsey flips his head back as that tiny push off comes. It reminded me of Mellow Tremble when he used to take it to the hole. <laughs> oh, my boy, my boy remembers Mellow. It's so true. You know what I'm, tell- you know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about? Mellow would always get to the line because he'd flip his head back every time he'd go to the hoop and it looked like he was getting fouled. That's exa- if you watch Ramsey on that play, that's exactly what he did. And I think. Whoever was, it was Collins was like, yeah, that's a good play there by Ramsey. Selling it. He did sell it. <laughs> like, that's a terrible play. He got beat by Gallup. That was ridiculous. I'm happy the Cowboys lost, and I'm always happy for my guy, Sean. But, my gosh. And that's inside of two minutes. So, are we not challenging that? What's the deal there? Um, it's it was inside two minutes, right? So it's got to go to the booth, and they've they've got to come down and 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 no 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 that 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 rules out that rules out. Remember they, rolled, they, they took the rule out. Yeah, yeah, that rules right. out. That's what I uh, yeah because I was thinking that during the game, but I'm like it has to be out. Can here's here's one thing. I, I'll be honest. I was in and out, dozing in and out during this game. Um, but I thought Dallas looked good offensively. I thought Elliott looked really good. I think they've got a lot of weapons. I think CeeDee Lamb's a weapon. Cooper's obviously a weapon. Gallup can run. Um, and I thought Dak actually played pretty well. I, I If you watched the entire thing being on the West Coast, maybe it was easier. Um, it's, that's yeah, a tough, over at like 930. It's a tough loss for them. Um, they also had the decision that, that McCarthy made going for a fourth and one down three in the fourth quarter instead of kicking a field goal um, with about 11 minutes to go. I think it was a fourth and one, right? It was uh, – Fourth and three, excuse me. It was fourth and it was, three. It was not a fourth and three. Yeah, I'm yeah. sitting here looking at it right now. It was, that was a terrible – that was the dumbest decision of the week. Yeah. Um, and now, they had opportunities to go to win that game. They still had opportunities, and I'm sure that's what he's thinking, is we're, we are playing well offensively and we can score. But at the same time, Rams can score. I would have, I would have tied the ball game up. There. How awful are the Rams uniforms? What did they do to their uniform Ooh, mix? There were six new uniforms – they looked gray. I actually liked them. Oh, it looked like I liked it looked like basketball summer league uniforms. Like, hey, just take <laughs> these guys yeah. and wear these during the games. Here uh, you go. Here, these are your these are your practice grays. 
Uh, we forgot to pack the actual game uniforms, so we'll wear the practice grades. They were like this weird dull gray, but the blue was so shiny for the numbers. Ugh. It, the Rams have had one of the great uniforms over the years in the NFL. I'm not a uniform guy. I hate the new logo. Um, I think it looks stupid at midfield. That stadium looks beautiful. Uh, I just thought the uniforms looked so ragtag. I, it was just it, it just didn't look very good. Um, uh, enough on that. Brady's debut. How much of that game did you watch? Because I watched a lot of that game. I I was so here. This happened to me. I could not get the red the Washington game. I had gotten Hulu, and I was trying to pull it up on my computer. I actually went – I talked to you yesterday. I went to buy a new TV. Right. So I was sitting there forever trying to get it up on How'd Hulu. How'd that work out? I didn't, hadn't get my TV. My TV hadn't mounted yet. On my computer, my Hulu had West Coast games on Fox and CBS. It was into the second quarter when I finally just said, screw it, put the TV up. And when I logged into Hulu on the TV, the Washington game was on that Hulu account. Same account. What? <laughs> so Hold I, on. Okay. Did you watch? So I ended up watching. I ended up watching. It took me a little bit longer to finish the Washington game, but I didn't look at any scores or anything that was going on while I was doing it. So I, to me, it was real time. So that said, I missed some of the next game. I, I took a little bit of a break, but I, obviously, I watched the highlights and all of the stuff involved. And you know, they, they should be way more explosive. Tampa should, but the Saints are a good defense. Saints, Saints do have a good. It, actually. Both the final score is thirty four twenty three. Okay, but the 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 in watching that game, I thought both teams were really good defensively, including Tampa. I thought they were really good on defense. They were super aggressive. I don't know how many. Uh, I'm I'm going to pull it up right now because I want to see how many times Breeze Breeze only got sacked once, but God, he was hurried consistently in that game. Levante David is really a special player to me. Um, sure is. They, they've got so many good players defensively, and they've got Todd Bowles. They, 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 um, their results should have been better yesterday. Brady had a couple of bad interceptions, one terrible interception. There was also a, 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 an opportunity where they got him back in the game. By the way, I thought he looked great physically. He looked less – he looked – Thin or thin down. I thought his arm strength looked great. I just thought he made some bad decisions, which may come with, you know, being on the same page with your receivers and a new offense, the whole thing. I'm just going to tell you right now, I know I picked Tampa to win the Super Bowl last week or to get to the Super Bowl and lose to Kansas City, and they lose the opener. I also said on Friday, I think they'll start slowly but be a team that's playing great at the end of the year. They have too much talent not to be a really good team, and they're – They've got good coaching, too. Um, so, yeah, I he and Evans were never in sync. That that was the thing that was really obvious. Also, Le- Leonard Fournette. Well, Evans was hurt. Uh, he was out there. Yeah, but he had a hamstring big time into this week. I mean, so there he, you go. He only had Evans only he had four targets, one catch. Yeah, Evans was not healthy in that game. So there you go. Um, you know, you know who stinks? Leonard Fournette stinks. Uh, yeah, I can't stand Fournette. He, he's he's slow. He looks heavy. They took a, a risk on him that the year that they had Bortles and they had that defense. And you know, he I know I know he was like top five leading rusher last year. Ronald Jones, however, and I know you really liked him. He's their guy. 
he's the guy that's got to get the bulk of the carries. Um, New Orleans, on the other hand, uh, there's a there's a play where they use Taysom Hill on a on a fourth down play or a third down play. Tampa's def- Tampa's defense is fast, but so is New Orleans' defense. Like the, the, both of those teams are good defensively. I think both of those teams are good teams, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, Brady just made a couple of big mistakes. Uh, you know, the the pick six by Janoris Jenkins was a terrible throw. Just it was just a non Brady kind of throw. It was weird. Um, I think that's the thing you're concerned about as he continues to get older. Does he start to make throws that he thinks he could make that aren't there? I mean, obviously you see it with a guy like Philip Rivers continuing to make bad throws because he used to be able to make that throw. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I mean, that's the concern. Does Brady believe he can make throws that he can't make now? So I didn't see um, and, and really didn't follow. I, I, let me mention this before we get to Phillip Rivers because um, I'm just looking at the, the games. I hadn't planned on getting that. But I know he had a big day statistically, but he also had a couple of back-breaking picks. But, you know, the teams that had the lowest over-under win totals in Vegas, Washington, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, and Carolina. Washington and mm-hmm. Jacksonville won outright. And Cincinnati and Carolina – Probably should have won outright, but certainly could have won outright, worst case. Um, Jacksonville beat Indianapolis in their opener, the only game yesterday that allowed fans. Um, Gardner Minshew was with with Jay Gruden calling um, uh, the game, was 19 of 20 for 173 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, I love Gardner Minshew. Mike Leach product, man. You get a guy that's used to throwing the football, and that's Gardner Minshew. He's he's going to be a good quarterback in this league. He already is. He's a starter. I mean, that was a huge surprise, though. I thought Indy would be better. I mean, Jack- I Frank Reich took a knee in that game, before that game. Did you see that? Uh I didn't really pay attention to a lot of the stuff other than stuff before the Washington game with... Alicia Keys singing, you know, the, the, the black national anthem, which she's just, she can just sing. She's, she's so good. She's so good. Um, Philip, Philip Rivers had two picks through for 363 in the game. They didn't run the ball um, effectively enough. Um, and they lose to Jacksonville 27, 20 it's, it's opening week, but Jay Gruden scheming up an offense. Um, it wasn't like he, you know, Minshew had through a lot for a lot of yards, but he was 19 of 20. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. Um, I actually talked to Jay a couple, um, maybe six weeks ago now. We sat down and talked a bunch of offense, and it's still his offense, but it was interesting. He said, you know, over the past six years with McVay and with Kevin O'Connell and everyone coming through, my language has changed to where it doesn't make sense the way it should. Everything had to be too wordy and too complicated. And he said, with this COVID stuff, all I did is limit the language of my offense. It's so good now. It makes perfect sense. Really? I thought that was interesting that Jay really went back and thought of it as an offensive coordinator or as a play caller and said, how do I make this make sense? Wow. Um, Mitch Trubisky, who won the job from Nick Foles after they traded for Foles in Chicago and gave him a new contract. Trubisky is probably about to get benched as he's terrible through the first three quarters, and then he leads three touchdown drives and throws three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter to to, to rally the Bears from a 23-6 deficit uh, to a win over the Lions, a game in which Adrian Peterson rushed for 93 yards for Detroit. 
and also caught you know three balls uh, for Detroit in that game. Um, but that's a bad loss for Detroit. And Detroit had the game won on a touchdown pass to DeAndre Swift at the end of the game with six seconds left, and he just dropped it. Just flat out dropped it right in his hands from Stafford, um, and uh, you know they. Lose. I felt so bad for him. For Swift, he'll he'll never. That will haunt him. <laughs> I mean, for the rest of his life. I mean, I, that was perfect that. throw right in his hands. Touch. It was a. It was an amazing play call. I when the I kind of turned away when I saw it, and then you see the official come in and wave incomplete. Rewind? You dropped that? Yeah. Oh, buddy. That one is brutal because I thought the Lions played well. Stafford's really good. I, th- I, I like mean, Stafford. think of how good Stafford was last year before, before he, got, he hurt. got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And Stafford is, he's really good. He almost threw for 300 in that game. And I thought the Lions were balanced against, against a really good Bears defense. That's the other thing. Like, Stafford threw for almost 300. They rushed it for 138. AP averaged six point six a carry. Yeah, and and that's a great Bears defense. The Lions should have won that ball game. They they absolutely fell apart in the fourth quarter. Um, and they still should have won. Yeah, still should have won. Uh, so and they would have covered. Typical of a <laughs> typical of a Sunday in the NFL for me um, on Twitter. How's your boy Kirk doing? A uh, really good quarter. So anyway, I wasn't paying attention to this game, but I did uh, very very early this morning just go through it because I was watching it. The score pop up, and you know they they took their opening drive and scored, and they were up seven three. Um, this was just so everybody understands. This was not a Kirk Cousins loss, and it's not because of his statistical numbers. It was because they could not get the Packers off the field at all. I knew this was going to be a problem for them. You know, they don't have Daniil Hunter, their great pass rusher, for the first um, three games of the year. He's on that three-game injured reserve. Um, Aaron Rodgers wasn't sniffed. All right, he was 32 of 44 for 364 yards, four touchdowns, didn't get sacked once. The the number of pressures in the, the the Vikings had two quarterback hits in the entire game. A game in which Green Bay ran nearly 80 plays because they couldn't get a stop um uh, 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 of of the uh, of the of the Packers. Now Kirk did throw a a pick at the end of the first half. Um, when they finally got the ball back, and um, and and he it wasn't the worst pick. He threw it a little bit behind a deep hook. I haven't and, even seen and it. it. Ended up getting under. It wasn't the worst pick ever. It's one on one coverage. The DB makes a. I, I think it's Jair Alexander who had a safety in the first half. Yeah, and on, an on a corner blitz, which only eight players, <clears throat> which only eight players in the NFL have ever done in the game. Uh, Makes a good play on that ball. Kirk, Kirk actually made some good throws. I watched a lot of this game on on replay. He he had some dimes to Thielen. You're right though, Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers one was unbelievable. He was Aaron Rodgers again. They they couldn't sniff him, but he was moving all over the place. He was out of the pocket, and he was making throw after throw after throw. He torched Minnesota secondary. And when you look at what he did, I know it's the Packers. And you really got to be concerned with what Minnesota has in the secondary. I, I, I big time concerns. They started to have them late last year, 
even with Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, who was and a play, lot of blown coverages poorly. with things they were doing with between Harrison Smith and remember how many times Harrison Smith would look back at Xavier Rhodes and what we'll do. Well, they were doing the same thing against Green Bay in Week One, and so for Minnesota, I think I picked Minnesota the Super Bowl. I'm immediately amending that pick. Yeah, I mean, their secondary is not good. I knew they were going to have issues at corner because they've got young players, and the older players like Hughes and Holton Hill aren't very good. Their safeties are okay. But without Daniil Hunter, one of the things that saved them last year was their dominant pass rush. They had a great pass rush, and Hunter's out for the first three games. But do you know that? And, and I, this is what I saw this morning um, because. You know, I'm sitting there watching the the Skins game and paying you know paying attention to all the scores as they're popping up. I did not realize until I looked at this: Minnesota in the first half ran 15 offensive snaps before their final three play drive, which gave them 18, which they were attempting to run the clock out. And then there was a big run that then they then got aggressive and ran two one more play and then kicked a field goal. 18 snaps. So you're on pace for 36. Mm-hmm. Meantime, the Packers during that same stretch ran 48 snaps offensively in the first half. That's really hard. You know what to the end you know what the end time of possession was? What? 41-16 oh to 18-44. Yeah. Um, to even be that close in that game, and it wasn't ever really close. I mean, every time it, I, the Packers just kept scoring. It was, it, there was this game was over after the second quarter. Maybe the most impressive um, team of the day um, was Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson was thirty-one of thirty-five. Oh my God! For three hundred and twenty-two yards, four touchdowns, no picks. That's ridiculous. Thirty-one of thirty-five. Um, uh, Metcalf uh, picked up where he left off, big day, um, and they destroyed Atlanta. Um, and and I think that NFC West is just going to be fascinating all year long. Now, Seattle's not going to have a home field advantage. They're not going to have that 12th man thing they got going out there. But, man, they're they're good, and they're, they're a veteran team. Um, I um, – I think Seattle really is going to be a very difficult team to deal with this year. That quarterback may be in the prime of his career right now. What year nine for him? Uh, this is he was so special in that game. He was so good. It's just he's become so much fun to watch play. How fast he operates and how he's really gotten such a feel for the game. He's become what Sean McVay would call an extension of the offensive coordinator. Yeah. He's in control. It, it was also a game that Matt Ryan threw for 450 yards. Yeah, but they were down the whole game. I mean, game. Julio Jones had 150, Ridley yeah. had 130, Gage, Gage had 114. They have Hayden Hurst, they, Irv Smith. I think Atlanta could be good. It's just their defense has been a problem for a while, which is weird because it's Dan Quinn, if you think about that. Which was who was right. the first coordinator when the Seahawks became great exactly. Um, Joe Burrow's debut, twenty three of thirty six, one hundred ninety three yards, an interception. It was a bad interception, but then, and that was when they they were in, in decent shape, down sixteen thirteen, driving. But they got the ball back, and he got him into field goal range. He actually threw a touchdown past AJ Green, but they called offensive pass interference. And then this kicker Bullock comes out and shanks a thirty one yarder, and then starts running off holding his calf like he pulled a calf muscle. <laughs> I just saw that. Yeah, yeah, that would do the exact same thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, that that is that's the old you know you miss a breakaway layup and you're like oh my god I I I, I turned my ankle going up. Um, it was that was my lock of the week. Yeah, well you pushed at least, and I pushed, and I'm not gonna lie, when he missed the kick, I thought well at least I pushed because who the hell knows what would happen if they went to overtime. It looked like if the Bengals ended up having momentum. Yeah, I, I mean. I thought I thought that the Bengals were pretty meh on offense. I thought they could have been better. They have too many weapons to not to not be better. The Chargers are a decent defense, but yeah. I think there was a stat on another here. Some more stats for you. It's the twelfth quarterback in however many years to start as a rookie, and those rookies are o twelve and one. That, that's really amazing. Uh, I I heard that stat. I did not. I would have never guessed that. Would have never guessed that. I would have thought somebody would have won. You know, at some point along the way. Once. Yeah, I know. Um, Burrow certainly had a shot. Uh, we'll finish up with a few final thoughts after this word from Liquid IV. This is the Athletic Shield Kapadia here to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Uh, overall, in watching football with no fans in the stands, I didn't see any of the Jacksonville game. Um, for me, Cooley, on Saturday, it was unwatchable. Um, now, there weren't any good college games either, but it was really hard, and there were fans in some of the stands in, in some of the college games. Yesterday, watching the game here in the first half, it really did feel different. It felt different. It didn't feel good watching it. Even the piped-in sound, which um, uh, you know wasn't as loud as I thought it would be, didn't make it feel like you were watching a normal game. Now, I thought the Tampa-New Orleans game um, sounded more like the real thing. Um, but I did, by the end of the night, feel like, you know, thank God the NFL's back and we had a full Sunday of games. And, you know, um, it, it was different for sure, but it wasn't so dramatically different that it became something that was hard to watch. I'll be very curious to see what people thought and what the ratings were. Saturday was unwatchable for me without the SEC, without the Big Ten, without, you know, some big games, heavyweight games. You would have had Ohio State at Oregon on Saturday night. You would have had Texas. Texas LSU, you know, from Austin or from uh, from Baton Rouge on Saturday night. Um, 
But overall, I mean, yesterday felt like, I think by the end of the day, it felt like an NFL Sunday. I'm glad it's back. I mean, it's some semblance of normalcy. What did you think watching the games? I noticed it much more in the day games. And I never stopped thinking about it watching the Washington game. Although I did like it a little bit because you could hear everything. Yes, you, you could. You can hear the quarterback's cadence. You can hear all the snap counts. You can hear all the checks. For me, really trying to see what the quarterback's doing at the line of scrimmage, it made it easy to see that. I love to see that. But I don't think it's – I think it's going to be hard to continue that. I love the Chiefs model where you just had 12,000 fans. Six, I mean, yeah, 16,000, yeah. Well, I, I don't. Is what they ended up with. Yesterday, only one venue uh, in Florida allowed that. I don't know what next week is. Um, I guess we'll find out when we get there uh, tonight. Arne, I don't. I know none, none in New York. I don't know. Actually, I can figure out what the Denver is thing because I kept this list of what the plan was. I think Denver Den- will probably have some fans. Denver's allowing none for the season opener. Opener none. None. Okay. Arizona. Arizona is none for the first two games. So there you go. It's wild. If you can believe this or not, I watched a volleyball game, a high school volleyball game last week. Uh, why? Indoors. We want to take our daughter and go do something. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You, you took I mean, your daughter. I'm, I'm, just saying, yeah. I'm just saying it, where I'm currently at. Yeah, Wyoming. The gym was, the gym was full. <laughs> it's got to be a different world out there, right? Yeah, yeah. it's definitely a different world. And, I mean, my daughter's in school, and it's something that they, they think about every day. I mean, for her in elementary school right now, they check temperature every day on the way in. When they set up lunch, they set up glass panes between every student on every table. Right. They, they all have glass panes in between their desks. They wear masks. That's but it's, it's just... It's, uh, hopefully this ends here this this year sometime yeah, because it's it's been bad for sports. It's terrible for college football right now. I hate that there's not college football on. It's um it's time to be done, COVID. It is. All right, um, we're done for the day. All right. Uh, Cooley will be back with me on Wednesday. He will do, yes, the Cooley film breakdown and what did you and i say to each other last week we said god i hope they're competitive early i hope they win some games so people are actually interested in the team we got we couldn't have asked for a better opener uh couldn't have asked for a better opening result um i'll talk to you on wednesday see you back tomorrow with tommy